really every show in that stand was the feeling of, I mean, this happened, I, so I, I, we can talk about it now or talk about it a little bit later, but I saw all 10 shows at Giant Stadium back in 2003. I was, I was still just between high school and college. And it was one of those things where after like, whichever night you go, man, how does he top that? You know, here we are 15 years later and it's the same, like, how, how can he top the 23rd and the 25th? You're like, well, he can't top that. And then it comes and you're like, well, Jesus, you can't top that. And then I saw him in Philly a week later and he did two four hour and six minute shows or whatever that even better you go my god it was just it was a that was such a magical ending to to that tour and you know hopefully it's not the last time we see bruce and the band but i mean god if it has to be what a what a what a way to go out and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is um, a fellow podcaster, um, a um, fellow Springsteen fan, a, um, an educator, and uh, I assume a fan of all Chicago sports. Well, I'm originally from New Jersey, so we can talk ah, about that a little bit. Then we do need to talk about that. So, uh, <laughs> Kyle, welcome to the show. I will not try to say your last name. Please say it for me. It is Pucciarello. So yeah, Pucciarello. Okay, very nice. Well, Kyle Pucciarelli, I am so glad you're here. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. You just said you grew up in Jersey, but give us a little bit more. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I... I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for about 10 years now, um, and I'm doing that in the north suburbs of Chicago at the moment. Um, in my life, I've done jobs ranging from public library work in New York City to a uh, little bit of uh, freelance journalism over the years. I've had my hand in playing music live in New Jersey and in New York, done a little bit a little bit of everything uh, and kind of settled into this teaching thing. And it's, it's been really a, a great joy. It's a little tough right now uh, during the coronavirus teaching remotely. I don't care what, what they tell you. Uh, it is, it is hard. It is, a, it is, it is double the efforts and it's been, it's been a challenge. Uh, but two weeks in, we're figuring it out and doing the best we can for, for our kids. How are you dealing with the pandemic? You've been okay. Uh, uh, you staying safe? Yeah, uh, it's been, you know, I'll, I'll say being in Chicago, it's actually been pretty good, especially in the past few months as the, the weather has gotten warmer. Uh, a lot of places are doing a really nice job with outdoor patios. There are enough parks where you're still allowed to go for a run or take the dog for a walk. Um, what's been challenging is I, I was supposed to have a wedding uh, back in New Jersey, actually in Asbury Park, the old Howard Johnson's building uh, that's now McLoon's. Um, I was supposed to get married there and uh, on June 20th, but obviously couldn't do that. So we did, a, we did like a Zoom wedding out on our front porch here in Chicago, had a handful of local friends, and then our friends back home could see it. So we're hoping that 
things calm down by next summer and we can, we can try again then. So that's been the only, you know, obviously under the umbrella of this has all been such a challenge, you know, that's been the only real drastic shift. Um, if anything, it's given me, I think uh, as it has a lot of people a chance to reflect, you know, take some time off and really think about what's important and, you know, what you want to be doing uh, with your life. Yeah. Um, a couple of episodes ago we were talking and, uh, you know, one of my guests mentioned that, that in the grand sco scope of things, with so many people losing their lives, it is, um, you, you want to keep things in perspective. But for the reality is, um, there, there will need to be a mourning period of the small things we lost. Um, I was supposed to go see the Eagles for the first time. Got canceled. You know, going to go see Lily Hyatt perform, who's John Hyatt's daughter. Yeah. Big fan of her. Got canceled. You know, um, I've got plenty of friends that their their son or daughter graduated from high school. No real ceremony. No prom. Yeah. No things. Um, a wedding that should be this massive celebration with friends and family and a party there it's still just as much a wedding and it's still special, but it's, there is something missing there. Yeah. And, and, and that's just it. And that was the decision we had to make. Was it, Hey, do we want to put people at risk? Do we want pictures of people in masks or people being afraid to dance and really sure it for what is. And, and I, I want to go back to what you said about concerts real quick, because I mean, we had so much plan, you know, going to see the Rolling Stones and, I was actually watching uh, some YouTube clips of the uh, the Bruce show from four years ago over in the back in New Jersey at MetLife on August 25th that that incredible three three show stand, and it, I it was just great camera work where the the person who had the camera was real close on Bruce, but then during one part of the song they turned the camera around and you could see the crowd and you know you and I have been you know, in that pit before and yeah. you've seen 70,000 people singing along and I do a pretty good job of keeping things in perspective, but I have to say that hit me like a ton of bricks last night going, Oh my God, I missed that so much. And you know, when, when can we have it again? Were, were you at any of the, those shows? I was, I was at, so I was still living in New Jersey at the time. Uh, I've lived in Chicago now just over three years. So I actually, uh, I did the first two shows. We flew out to Chicago because we had plans. He play, Bruce played Chicago on the 28th. Yeah. We flew back to New Jersey on the 30th. Our friends picked us up at the airport. We went to the parking lot of Giant Stadium, got in right before uh, New York City serenade started. So, yeah, I saw four shows in, I guess, in, in a week. So I, I That's awesome. Home, I had the home field advantage for, uh, for a long time in New Jersey. So, uh, funny story. Um, when he announced the shows um, – uh, you know, we made the decision. Um, Allie Scales reached out to me and said, look, if you get yourself to New York, you know, you could stay at my house. And uh, so you won't have any hotel bills. Um, and we'd love to have you. So Chris and I flew up. And so um, we had tickets for the 25th show. Um, and, you know, we got in on the 24th. And uh, we we went into Manhattan, um, met Jim Rotola because oh. he was at a um, um, he was at a, um, a there was an event um, for a beer 
um, that were going there. And then we met a good friend of mine, another podcaster for, uh, for dinner. And so everyone was talking about the 23rd show and, you know, I was going, did I pick the wrong night? <laughs> like, because, you know, everyone was talking about the 23rd, how magical it was, you know? And it, and it was, yeah. Yeah. You know, serenade with an orchestra and, and all the things were going and like, okay, did I, did I pick the wrong night? And then, um, you know, he starts out with serenade. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got, uh, you know, um, Jack of all trades with the strings. With the strings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got the marriage proposal during right. Jersey girls, right. On that one. And, uh, it's the only time, and I don't know if it'll ever happen again, Kyle, but when the last note of Jersey girl ended and the fireworks went off, yeah. um, I said, I've had enough. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I, no, I'm not going to say one more, you know, I'm, I'm sated. This is perfect. And, um, because always in the past, you know, it's like, just, just one more song, Bruce. Just, I'm, I'm greedy. I just want one more. And that was the first time ever. It, it, it broke right at four hours. I know there's debate on, you know, um, when you start the clock, but it was roughly four hour show. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. My son was there with me. Uh, we had a great time and I was like, this was good. I, I'm, I'm really happy. I was there. I agree with you. That was really every show in that stand was the feeling of, I mean, this happened. I, so I, I, we can talk about it now or talk about it a little bit later, but I saw all 10 shows at giant stadium back in 2003. I was, I was still just between high school and college. And it was one of those things where after like whichever night you go, man, how does he top that? You know, here we are 15 years later and it's the same, like, how, how can he top the 23rd and the 25th? You're like, well, he can't top that. And then it comes and you're like, well, Jesus, you can't top that. And then I saw him in Philly a week later and he did two, four hour and six minute shows or whatever that even better. You go, my God, it was just, it was, a, that was such a magical ending to, to that tour. And, you know, hopefully it's not the last time we see Bruce in the band, but I mean, God, if it has to be, what a, what a, what a way to go out, you know? Yeah, I ended up, this was the first show um, that I had seen. Um, I, 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 I had, this was the first one I've seen five shows, right? I like, I ended up going to two river shows. And then when on the second leg, he went to Oklahoma city, he went to Dallas. So you're like, okay, mm -hmm. well, Oklahoma city's a few hours away. Got to go that Dallas is my home. I got to do that. Yeah. And then when I got a chance to go, so funny story, right? Um, I had been working for a company a little less than a year and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit. They, they, they liked me, but, and I like them, but I just, I don't think we were in sync with what customer service was supposed to be. And, mm -hmm. and, and the guy was um, a self-made millionaire, but he literally had never had a boss. Like in high school, he started a yard business that became that very successful. He sold it, went to Texas Tech, out of Texas Tech. He picked it up again and has, he'd never worked for anyone but his life. He, you know, wow. and so very great guy. But when he heard I was going off, he says, man, you've taken a lot of vacation this year. 
And I said, well, you know, the, the guy had hired me, had ended up leaving. I said, well, you know, he gave me three weeks vacation. He said, yeah, but you don't have to take it. He said, like, Brandon, you know, he never takes his vacation. Now we end up paying him for him. But, you know, I, I want you to be here. Oh boy. I'm like, well, I, I've already paid for my airline tickets. Do you need me to camp? No, no, no. I just, I don't, I don't want you to do that. And especially, like, you've, You've already seen this, this guy once this year. Why do you want to go see him again? And I did not have the courage to go, no, this would be the fifth time I've seen yeah. him this tour. And you don't understand. It's different every night. And you never it's, know. It's different every day. You got to know. So uh, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny trying to explain that to people. And, you know, my, my wife now, uh, we've been together eight years in total. I mean, she's seen Bruce now probably 25 times, and, and she yeah. got it immediately. She went to, I want to say her first show with me was, um, was the birthday show at Giant Stadium in 2012, the one that had the rain delay. I mean, she, she got it immediately. So, oh, we got, we got to see this guy every time he comes around. You know, and she, being in New Jersey, you're, you know Bruce, and you know, most people right. are, are fans. But you know, I got to throw it back to I had a teacher when I was in high school because – you know, it's a little weird. I mean, especially then for a teenager to be a, an uber Bruce Springsteen fan. And it wasn't always the case. But I had a, an English teacher named uh, Mr. Keck. And he was a big Neil Young fan. And he would see him whenever he could. But now he had a family and he had bills and, and it was different. And he told me then, he's like, you know, see these people while you can. If you, see them as much as you want to. And if, if that's what your passion is and you love it, hey, you know, do it. Because there's going to come a time where either they're gone or you can't anymore. You know, I've been lucky to see, you know, B.B. King a bunch of times, or I saw, you know, Chuck Berry. It wasn't, wasn't a very good show, but I've seen all my idols. I've seen all these people that I, I worshipped as a kid and still hold in the highest regard. And, you know, that was advice that really rang true. So I wasn't a kid that was spending money on really, really much, except, mm -hmm. for, except for shows. You know, it was something that I still am passionate about. And like I said, it's one of those things that hit me real, real hard last, last night. Like, wow, yeah, it's been X amount of months since I've yeah. done that. And it'll be X amount of months more until we can do it again. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I routinely pull up the Dream Baby Dream video, mm -hmm. and uh, which is just, I think it is the, it is the, you know, it is, it is film proof. And uh, my friend Sam, Lisbon is the first one to say this to me, but I repeat it all the time. With all apologies to Walt Disney, the happy place on earth is a Springsteen concert. And then that video captures that, you know, like over 70% of the video is the crowd, not the band. And it captures it. And it's just an amazing moment. Um, I love that you had a teacher that was that influential to share that, you know, that that's great. Um, which does kind of get me back a good segue to um kyle we always like to start at the beginning so talk about growing up what what kind of music did your family listen to were they big music buffs and and talk about growing up uh, you know at the household yeah sure so uh i, I was an only child um i'd always I, I there's two things i always did uh, as a kid throughout really even my late 20s was play baseball and listen in to music and, and play guitar um and there was a brief moment in there where I kind of chose. I was taking baseball very, very seriously. And in my head, it was, I got to do one or I got to do the other. Music kind of went away. So when I was young, you know, my parents were, were big in the country music. 
Um, so like, and it's, it's the names I'll mention, like, yeah, there was Alan Jackson and yeah, we had the Billy Ray Cyrus uh, album, sure. but we did, you know, Marty Stewart, you know, as yes. one I can remember, Melissa Etheridge, just people yeah. like that. And as I say these names, Hey, that's some, some music that makes sense. You know, Marty Stewart has that twangy telecaster sound and he's a yeah. historian of, of music so did then, I interrupt you did you see him did you see the ken burns country music documentary oh i didn't he was first of all it was fantastic and second of all marty stewart was all over the thing he was amazing i mean uh, didn't you just like okay i want to be at a diner with him right just just let's 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 you know drink coffee and or at a bar and just tell stories i just want you to keep telling stories exactly I mean, he's one of those those guys like bruce's that you could just you feel like exactly you could sit and just 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 put your 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 hands under your chin and just tell me more marty like yeah exactly so there was a lot of country music in the house and then you know when you're in school i think i think around that time fourth fifth grade it was this is another one that'll make sense like hootie and the blowfish blew up Sure. And if you if you kind of think about it, if you if you if you go back and listen to that Crack Review album, there's a ton of Bruce Springsteen influence in that, and that kind of picked up where Bruce really wasn't around at the moment. And right. so I look I look back as a as, at that stuff as I was planting the seeds without even knowing it, because by the time high school rolled around, I kind of just dropped music a lot, you know, almost entirely. And then, you know, you're listening to whatever was on MTV, whatever, you know, Britney Spears or Baxter or Ricky Martin or, or whatever it was. And um, but I will say the, the odd segue for me into Bruce, and it makes me laugh to this day, was Bon Jovi. So okay. bon, bon Jovi had a hit at, at the, they had It's My Life and they were getting a ton of play on the radio and MTV and VH1. And I saw Bon Jovi at Giant Stadium and that seemed like, hey, this is wow, a great rock and roll band and whatever. And somehow I just started digging and, and I've been like that for the rest of my life is, okay, well, where did these guys come from? And yeah. who did they listen to? And what is that all about? And then I stumbled upon Bruce one summer. I listened to nothing but Bruce. This was right after the reunion tour ended. It was right in that July 2000. Okay. And I did nothing but listen to Bruce. And I came into school that next year as the, you know, as a, as a disciple and, yeah. uh, you know, I felt very alone, but I knew I found somebody that I could believe in that was authentic, that spoke to me, you know, it seemed like, and I still feel this way when I listen to the, to the albums, he, and we've all said this, it sounds like he's speaking directly to you or directly about you. And it's like, how, how does he do it? You know, and you just felt like somebody was putting their finger on the thing that you felt but couldn't express, and it just it just changed my life. Yeah, um, I, I assume you've seen Blinded by the Light. Yeah, the movie, right? I yeah. mean, you you're one of those kids, but how right? Here's a Pakistani kid in the, UK, the United Kingdom that's having this Jersey singer, you know, and he's speaking for me. Yeah. And I just, I think that's why I love the movie so much is that universal feeling that um, he is saying something for me. It, is that what you think mostly captivated you? That, because I always ask that question and it's hard, it, it's, it's hard to pinpoint why for some people. I, when I, I mean, I, I think about it often. I, 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 I write about it sometimes. Um, I have an article that will be posted on the website by the time this comes out that's about Jungle Land. 
and really about born to run the 45th anniversary but it, you know it, it really is and it, it 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 always reveals itself in new ways and when the broadway show came out or when the book the autobiography came out around the same time i mean i'm reading this thing and even just he's talking about up in north jersey just just south of the meadowlands there's this little AM radio relay station, which he's written about in, in a couple songs. And he writes about that. And he talks about like, every time I drove up there with my parents, I thought that's where all the music is. Elvis is living inside that little. And I'm like, me too. That's, that's exactly what I thought. And, and he's telling stories about streets that I also grew up on and streets that I picture because I'd been there you know, dozens of times. And yeah, I, I, I think maybe above all else, but just, I mean, just listen to his DJ sets, the, the respect I have for him as a human being, as someone who hasn't really ever let us down, you know, the, it, it, it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole package that's very, very rare with our heroes as, as we find out more and more every day. Um, but I, I guess if I had to pinpoint one thing, then yeah, that, that is what it is. It's just somebody that as an introverted kid in New Jersey that didn't really was friends with a lot of people, but didn't really fit into any one group. Knew I had some things I wanted to express. Didn't know how to do it. Here's a guy who sort of showed you the way, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally echo that. And it's um, Ron Martz, who's a um, writer who's been on the show. He was on and we talked about the DJ sets, the From My Home to Yours. And he said that, um, we know he's a great storyteller, so we shouldn't be shocked that no matter what uh, mode, what venue he uses to tell stories, he's going to be brilliant at it. Yeah. Yet it still shocks us, and I was. I mean, I, I knew because at times I, Bruce can be an awkward interview. Like I was he, just going to say, the only, the only time that doesn't work sometimes is when he is being interviewed. Right. It, it's almost because he does a lot of <laughs>, laughs at his own joke and being self-conscious. And, and I think when like the South by Southwest where he did the keynote speech oh, where he's yeah. written something out, that's brilliant. But when you're just talking to him, it, it can come across a little awkward. But with him weaving the choice of the songs, the introduction to them. Um, and the diversity of music he picked, mm -hmm. um, as much as I think if before this had happened, um, you had asked your audience, if we had asked our fan, you know, the fellow fans, all right, do you want Bruce to do a live show from, you know, play some acoustical songs or would you like him to play other people's songs? Like, I think most of us like, oh, no, no, let's do some acoustical sets. And now then I would go, no. I, as much as I love to hear him play music, hearing this has given us so much more insight into his, his personality, his beliefs, and, and his love of music and sharing that. It's been pretty something special. What? I mean, yeah, you just, you just said it. It's, he, is, he is continually searching, right? He keeps listening. He keeps wanting to be inspired, and it's his passion that he somehow finds a way to express to us that then in turn makes us even more passionate. Right. And it's, it's a logical extension, what he's been doing of really his whole career, but it, in a way they kind of play out like, like the Broadway show a little bit. There's a story being woven through this hour 
and he's going to tell it in words and he's going to tell it in song and yeah it's it's brilliant and and what else what else do you expect from the guy when when has he not been and in the the diversity of when um he was so angry it he did a politically yeah. angry about the way things are the way things are and then the black yeah. lives matters and segment but then he also childish, he had childish gambino in there yeah. he had jay-z in there and kanye i mean yeah it, it was but then he did the summer and yeah. his memories of being a summer and just being barefoot and going to the beach and, and just this joy of capturing it. And this latest one about the night, you know, everyone was like, Oh, it's happening at midnight. He's going to announce a new studio and everything. No, he just was a night owl and wanted to do it. And, and I, I tweeted, um, I was laying in bed. I had my, um, I had the serious app on my phone playing the music and I felt like I was, a teenager again with a transistor radio uh, next to it. And it just, it, it was just a beautiful way to hear that music. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, we, hold on, we're going to, I just lost my train of thought so we can cut that out later. Sorry. That's okay. But, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and that, that night one was another one where most of the stuff he was saying, I was like, well, he, he said something about, you know, he likes being awake at night because he's alive when everybody else, when the straight world is asleep, I think is what he said. And I was like, yes, that was, that was me for really my whole life until I had to start waking up at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And even then. All right. So Kyle, I, I always like to preface this question with, I am a firm believer the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Okay. There's a lot of circumstances that go into, um, you know, where you're born, your age, how much money you have. Um, but for the record, have you counted the number of times you've seen him live and, <laughs> and, and share? That's that's how that's what we do in the that's what we do yes we do when you're standing in line and you you know you trade notes uh so i have seen bruce 118 times and uh, i don't include you know little oh he jumped up on a club which are obviously some of the most exciting sure but you know full shows or light a day um stuff like that i saw my first show uh so again i'm in my early 30s uh again new jersey helps I saw my first show uh, August 10th, 2002 in Washington, D.C. because I could not get tickets for, uh, for New Jersey or New York and, and didn't know any other way at the time to get tickets. So went down to D.C., was even more converted. And then my, my second show was, was a great one, was a legendary one. It was the one in Atlantic City, March 7th, uh, 2003, a uh, Friday night. And my wife was always like, how do you know? How do you remember these days? How do you remember these dates? I mean, I, I'm like, I could tell you the set list. And I'm that's just how we are. We just, yeah. you know, you mark, you mark the passage of time by some of these things. But, uh, I, you know, I, I've been very, very lucky to be able to do this, to have parents who, who, who got it. You know, my parents were not big Springsteen fans. Uh, I'm not sure that my father even is to this day. But my mother, it was funny. We were driving home from somewhere. I don't, I don't remember when. And I, if it was in my car at that time, Bruce, no matter what. And we were playing uh, the Wild and the Innocent album, and Rosalita pops on. And at the little breakdown, the like, dun, 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 she she did it. She like sang it out loud, and we both kind of turned to each other, like, wait a second. She'd always been telling me, oh, that guy is no good. His voice is bad. He screams. You know, the the the, the kind of jokes you always hear. 
And then she's like, I used to play this song all the time back when I was, you know, younger. And then she came to a couple shows with me and then she became a fan. And, you know, it's funny to see how we were just talking about Bruce's passion, inspiring others. I can't tell you how many of my friends I've turned on the Bruce. Sure. And now, absolutely. And now, and now they're going to 20. I have one friend who his, I, I kid you not, his, his favorite musician of all time is Britney Spears. Okay. And, he has, and he has seen Bruce 47 times. <laughs> he, That's great. Out. That's nice. That's a great story. That's a good. So, so I want to, I want to, I want to make a, a note here. I, 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 I had another teacher. He actually wasn't my teacher. Um, but I, was in school, it was probably my junior year, high school, and we needed a sub. Now, he was an English teacher in the school, but I guess he was covering a class, and this guy walks in, and he, not only does he look like Bruce a little bit, but he's wearing, like, a E Street Band tour shirt. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, like, I don't have anyone else to talk to about this. I'm, oh, let's talk. And, I mean, I've been friends now with him for 27 years uh, not 20 that's way too much 17 years that's awesome and uh we've gone to countless shows together uh and, and it's just one of those rewarding things like you said so many friends that you meet through this community and and, and the kindness and generosity that you you experience through them as, as even even that ticket i got to go to atlantic city in 2003 that was a the old aol rmas message board wow and, Somebody on there, I mean, I was young Kyle. I was the, the youngest member of the group by a mile, and somebody knew I wanted to go. They, they told me, hey, I'm going to drop the ticket off at the, uh, the will call. Don't bother paying me. It's fine. I was like, what? I was like, it's fine. Go ahead. It, it's fine. I had to get permission from my parents. They had to drive me because I, I was only 16. I couldn't drive by myself yet. We go down. There's a ticket for me. It's the third row next to Clarence, and uh, the rest is history. That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, do let's let's spend a little time talking about special songs and albums. Um, you know, we're we're coming up on the anniversary. It'll be after this by the time I release this one. But we're we're recording the week of the release of Born to Run. Uh, but um, you know, you. Um, you became passionate in 2002. That's when I became passionate in 2002. We just have a few years between us. Um, I was a casual fan like everyone else. Um, I certainly knew Hungry Heart and had bought The River, had listened to it a couple of times, but wasn't obsessed with it. Like everyone else, Born in the USA, I had bought. I bought Ton of Love in the box set, mm-hmm. but I was just a casual fan. And then when I saw him live the first time in Dallas, 2002 the rising tour and i've said this many times right two kinds of people the first person that goes to their first concert goes boy that was long and then the other person that says oh my goodness i I, when can i go do this again and i was that time so um but how so you just it you had a this huge catalog to go back and immerse yourself so talk about favorite albums or favorite songs sure i mean I, a, a friend of mine had given me the 7585 uh, box set. So I actually started, it's funny enough, I started there. And my friend who loves Britney Spears, he was always into Entertainment Weekly and what was coming out. And Tracks had come out fairly recently. And he burned a copy of Tracks. 
So I had tracks and 7585 to start with, which is a very interesting way to, to, to break. That is an interesting <laughs> split. And but but that lot, I mean, obviously, you know, tracks has become one of my my favorite records, like so many, but that 7585 record, as flawed as you know it is, and we'll have our debates about it on backstreets, but that was as close to a, as I could get to a live show. And I could just tell there was something special. There was something different. I remember listening to I, whatever It's Hard to Be a Saint in the City was. I had never really heard anything like that before. Adam Raised the Cane. It, it's, it's kind of a, a strange song. And in, in the Darkest documentary, they describe it as, you know, there's like a couple having a nice picnic. And this song is the, when, 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 the, when the movie cuts, this song is the dead body. And like, it's a weird song, but for, it, it just, it, it did it for me and, and, and raise your hand. And that just set me on this path. So I went back, like I said earlier, and, and kind of listened to everything. But, you know, if I think of, you know, it's so hard to do favorite songs, favorite albums, but I, I think it's something that Bruce has, has said that, you know, over the years, songs kind of can change their meanings, you know, depending on where you're at when you're listening to them. And, you know, the river didn't mean as much to me when I first heard it at 15, because it's dealing with relationships and it's dealing with things that I had no perspective on at the time. Um, Born to Run was the one for the longest time. You know, I was a New Jersey kid who, and as Bruce has mentioned many a time, you always feel New York. You always know it's there. You always know that that's, that's the place to be. And even though it's only a hop over the bridge, it can feel like thousands of miles away. And so that the Born to Run album just felt it felt like my youth. It still does feel like my youth. I listened to it last night to, to celebrate the anniversary. And, you know, it, it's, I, I, I hear new things in it now. You know, Backstreets means something a little different to me than it did 10, 15 years ago. But, you know, The Rising, you mentioned 2002. I mean, living on the East Coast when 9-11 happened and the album that comes out of that, you know, that, that and that was my summer. I mean, that was everywhere I went so listening to the rising and my girlfriend at the time listening to the rising and uh but it, for me the one I come back to more than anything else some of my favorite songs live is darkness and you know that kind of fits that and the river kind of fit where I'm at in my life right now you know um but I just I identify with those those working class songs I identify with the as Bruce has said the measuring of the you know, American, the distance between the American dream and the American reality. And as somebody who is pretty politically plugged in, you know, those, those songs still resonate. They, they, they still sound as fresh as ever and they're still as necessary as ever. So I, I find myself going back to them often. And when I play guitar on my own, those are some of the songs I still love going back to more than anything else. So yeah, for, I, I would say Darkness of, would be the Pantheon, the 1A to the several, several 1Bs and all right, so um, I, I'm going to get back to it because you've shared with me you've got a few stories from the road, but I'm going to tease that, and I'm going to shift gears and talk to me about your podcast. Sure, thanks. Um, so as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, maybe the only silver lining to this whole pandemic has been a chance for everybody to slow down, and I went, my undergrad at Rutgers University was journalism, and that was where I thought I was going to go, and I graduated, and the recession happened, and, you know, I don't have to tell you what happened, you know, it was, it was devastating for a lot of people. Absolutely. For me, it meant 
couldn't find a job, I'm suddenly competing against people who just got laid off for the New York Times. And I did some freelance work here and there for the Star Ledger or some other smaller local papers in New Jersey. And I kind of gave it, you know, one last shot. And I, I had this moment of, I knew I wanted to teach at some point. And I kind of was at this crossroads of, I ended up getting a job at a major, major uh, entertainment network. And I got into grad school for teaching the same day. And I made a decision to go with teaching. One I do not regret, but you know, having now been in that world for 13 years, 12, 13 years, you know, this moment was, hey, you know, I left a lot of that behind, you know, and it's something I'm still passionate about. It's still something I think I'm pretty good at. And I want to, I want to take a turn at it, you know. Uh, so the, 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 the website and the podcast, it's called The Flyover. Uh, it's www.theflyover.site. Somebody has theflyover.com, but they're not using it. So just like BruceSpringsteen.com and BruceSpringsteen.net, right? Uh, and so the, the articles range from, you know, just commentary on music or movies or current events. And the podcast kind of does the same. Uh, like you, I have um, recently started interviewing folks from all walks of life. I had somebody on to talk about how uh, the pandemic has impacted uh, media, uh, somebody who works in a major media network, and uh, you know how that's shifted, how not being in the studio has changed things. I just spoke with uh, somebody who um, is just a, a very into baseball, also works for a major media network, so we discussed some, some ways that baseball has changed, um, and, and I'm looking forward to continuing to do those podcasts. Um, as, it's something that I'm not going to give up. You know, it's something where this time I'm not going to compromise that side of myself. And, you know, I just, I hope people enjoy it. Uh, I've only been doing it for two and a half months. And every time I do something, every week, the readership goes up a little bit. The, 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 the listeners go up a little bit. And, and that feels good. You know, it's yeah, that is thing. nice. You know, people who I don't know, who I've never met ostensibly, are enjoying this thing. And that's a cool thing, you know, and that's, that's why you do it. So I, I, I hope it's something that I get to continue for a while and, and, and who knows where it takes me. So it's just kind of a general topic, uh, blog and podcast just for. It, it is. I mean, I've, I've toyed with, you know, whether or not I wanted to take it in just a singular direction, but you know, and that perhaps that's one of my flaws in terms of a, a career or something was I'm always somebody that, I'm very, very interested in, in, in a handful of different things. And it's always been hard for me to say just, just that thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I was always a big fan. I don't know if you're familiar with like Bill Simmons and those kind of podcasts or that kind of writing where he might tackle sports most of the time, but he'll touch on music. He'll touch on movies and stuff like that. So, um, you know, as, as I continue, like I said, we're, we're in our third month now you know, perhaps the format will shift a little bit, maybe be a little more specific, but as somebody who teaches, you know, I've, I've, I've touched on those topics as well. So there's a, there's a lot that I enjoy discussing and analyzing. Well, for what it's worth, Kyle, I, I say, go with your passion, go with where it flows. Um, I got a really nice compliment last week. Um, it, a guy um, is a regular listen listener to the Doctor Who podcast I co-host. Mm -hmm. And um, I picked at him. I said, you know, hey, you, you never send an email to Set Lusting Bruce. He's like, well, I don't listen to Set Lusting Bruce. <laughs> and I, um, so I had Charles, my co-host, 
with uh, the Dr. Who podcast, joined me on set listing, Bruce. And um, so I reached out to him. I said, okay, now you've got to listen. And he did. And he's listened a couple of times and we were talking and he said, you know, I think you brand your podcast incorrectly. Hmm. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you say it's a Bruce Springsteen podcast, but I think it's really more of a music podcast that's hosted by a guy who loves Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and, and I like that compliment. And, and I, um, I was asked, um, Ken Rosen is going to do an article about the podcast hitting five years for Backstreet. And he says, yeah, I was really honored. And he said, it seems like you've been having different guests on, not just Bruce fans. Are you getting away from that format? And I go, no, no, no. I think that'll always be the bread and butter of the podcast. I love talking to Bruce fans and sharing stories, but I also love talking to people who are about passionate about their other musicians or, or their writing or, and just, just, I just, um, I, I, I never think I'll be Larry King, but I think if I want, if, if I could be, that's what I would want to be. I would want to be Larry King and just do an interview of just fascinating people. Well, hopefully you wouldn't have the, the seven wives. Like, exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, but no, you know, I think that's a great point that, that, that you make because I, I wrote an article for my website. Um, you know, it was inspired by our state of our country and political goings on. And I was looking at Anthony Bourdain. And it was the two-year anniversary of his passing. And, you know, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's what was his skill? His skill was finding people that he is diametrically opposed to politically, you know, belief systems, everything. But they find that commonality. They find, let's sit down, let's break bread together, and let's have a conversation. And, you know, that, that is a lot what you do, right? You, you take Bruce as a jumping off point. We have this thing. We've broken down a barrier. We know we have it. And now we can go anywhere. You know, we can talk about whatever we want. So I, I think that's, that's the beauty of these conversations. And you just hope that we can do that more and more as a country, you know? Yeah. So um, living in Chicago, did you, did you transport any of your sports allegiance to local teams? Or are you remained faithful to whatever you grew up watching or, or rooting for? That's a good question. So I, I grew up as a, as a Yankees and Cubs fan and a Bulls fan. And okay. I mean, I was the height of Jordan. So that was easy. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I just talked about it on a podcast I did. You know, I would come home from school and WGN would be on. And there'd be Harry Carey talking about God knows what. And you're like, wow, I got to listen to this crazy guy. And, oh, that's the Cubs and that's Wrigley Field. And, you know, the, so I was a fan, you know, as a, since, since a kid. So that's kind of what even brought me here in the first place. The first time I ever came was, hey, I, I want to see the Wrigley Field. I want to go to a game. And then the more I came back here, it was, wow, this, this city has so much to offer. It's, it's really hard on a teacher's salary to live comfortably uh, in North Jersey, in Manhattan. It is not a thing that can be done easily. And, and here, you know, it's pricier than some places, but it's, it's easier to do. Um, and so anyway, I've kept those teams and that was easy. I mean, the Bulls are awful. Uh, so, hey, but um, no, I have not become a, a Bears fan. I, I am still a Giants fan. And maybe, maybe I should have become a Bears fan because, you know, the Giants look like they're going to be pretty dreadful for, for quite some time. So, but hey, we beat the Patriots twice, right? Hey, you guys have Jason Garrett now. Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. The Clapper. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, what we we laughed is um, Stan Goberg, right? Does that. Um, he's written a book about the Jersey shore, you know, yeah. and touring. And I was on his tour actually the night after the Springsteen show, right. That's, oh, okay. I stayed up till, you know, past midnight and then got up and went and, uh, went to see, uh, did his tour. And he's at, he's at all the shows. Then. Yeah, he's he was great, but, yeah. uh, we're driving through, you know, we'd gone through, we started at Freehold. We'd, we'd gone by and we'd seen the Born to Run house. You know, we'd seen the church where they took one of the early pictures and, and the tree where Bruce was leaning against. And yeah. so we're, we're driving out and, and Stan goes, oh, and you're the only person in the car that will care. But that house is Jason Garrett's parents' house. <laughs> He grew up in this area. And I'm like, well, I knew that because um, as boring as Jason is when he's talking football, exactly. all three phases, three phases, we got to win, you know, the, 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 you know, uh, we're going to be playing Washington at four, at four fifteen on Sunday. And um, just one notch above Bill Belichick. For yeah. I mean, just, just no, um, they, in fact, the sports station here, you know, made him a robot you know their fake jason was have to reboot okay. reboot system issue um but you get him on and there is a um the local robert gomblonsky who is a dallas morning news um our local paper entertainment reporter and um and then one of the sports uh reporters um from the dallas morning news um they do um they do a, every Wednesday night during football season, um, intentional grounding. They do a okay. show on Wednesday nights. And every year on a bye week, Jason joined them. And he was fascinating because hmm. he talked about Bruce. He talked about Dylan. He talked about in college doing his papers on this music. He talked about – and when he talked about music, you know, he, he just came alive. And I've said um, – to my sports buddies, like Jason got an extra four years before I turned on him because he was a Bruce fan. Like, oh, okay, he was a cowboy and he's a good guy do and he's a regret, Bruce fan. Do you regret that decision of giving him? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do very much. Uh, because as a cowboy fan, right? Like, okay, we get rid of uh, we get rid of Carrot Top, as my son mm. calls him. Um, okay, we. Uh, pretty happy with Carney. I think that's an upgrade. Yeah. I think he's got potential. Uh, you know, we got, um, really nice receiver for the draft, you know, like he's got, there's potential and then <laughs> COVID happens. Yeah. <laughs> like what's going to happen with that. So. And, I, and I'm going to say this as a giants fan. Yeah. I, I, and a friend of mine, uh, were the self-appointed Tony Romo apologist fan club. I, I don't know what your – I would love to hear your take on, on Tony. I thought he was somewhat unfairly maligned for the back half of his career, a, a hell of a quarterback. A, a, and, you know, obviously we all remember the one fumble, you know. Fumble sure. Play I mean, in, he, in the playoffs, but. if you think about if – if because he's the holder. Yeah. Like he shouldn't even have been holding, nope. um, you know, the, the punter should have been the, you know, that normally it's the punter and the, the punter holds for the place. Or they do this together. If he had not held that ball, totally different career, or if it had not slipped, or if he actually could have made it, he almost yeah. made well, the he first almost down. Did. Yeah. He almost made the first down. Um, 
we there there are people here that believe Garrett destroyed the end of his career that because Jason did not get better he did not improve um the the offense did not work and you know look I'm like everyone it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers and and McCarthy you know they they, they should definitely have another ring on on Rodgers finger yeah and so no I think I think it is unfair that it and this is the way we do this um quarterbacks are judged by the amount of Super Bowls they win that's it and it you know um you know in Marino made one but never won you know and and um you know I think Tony Romo he owns almost every passing record of the Cowboys he seemed like a really good dude um he, he you know he 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 didn't take it too seriously. Um, I know that both uh, Aikman and Staubach speak highly of him, mm-hmm. and that's pretty good standing for me. So, um, yes, I think I think for every bad interception he threw at the end of the game, I also think there were plenty where he brought us from behind, I agree. and then the defense couldn't hold it. I agree. And then the flip side is my team, where you had literally – I don't know, 16 total great weeks of Eli Manning and yeah. pretty awful the rest, but hey, we'll take it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, you know, and, and, you know, and um, Eli won too, yeah. you know, and so you, you compare the two, right? Eli's going to come out ahead because he's yeah. done that. But if I and, was starting a team talent wise with a quarterback, knowing nothing else, I, who wouldn't take Romo over Eli? Yeah. I, I, I would. And and I'm really pleased. I know he's still getting a lot of hate. And and as a Cowboy fan, I appreciate the fact that uh, Tech Schramm um, with the whole America's team and the arrogance of the Cowboys, I get why people hate us. Sure. Um, but it's like people hating the Yankees. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's just um, – but I just think – I'm so happy he's had success at CBS. Oh, he's you so know, good. I just he's And so I think good. he is good. And he's he's excited. He said it's that passion we were talking about before. Yeah. He, just, he loves it, and that's yeah. so much fun to listen to, especially because Nance is he's not that way. Right. Exactly. So I think it makes for a great combination. Um, the local sports, uh, the sports guys uh, have been fans of him. Now, uh, my morning show, uh, Dunham and Miller, George Dunham is a little like, okay, Tony, quit trying to play pro golf. You know, like, okay, you've been a successful NFL quarterback. You know, you're now a broadcaster. You can't do everything. Just yeah. you know, quit trying. But I figure, let him try. Let him have fun. Yeah, that's that's funny. You mentioned that about Garrett. I, I'd forgotten that. But that's that's a trip that that I've made. I never did it with Stan, but I've I've done that myself. Yeah. Every time I come home now, and uh-huh. I think probably for you too. There's always that hope that like. Because Bruce talks about doing it, and you're yeah, like, maybe, maybe today's the day. I'll yeah. see him at, at Federici's in in Freehold. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's great. Uh, well, good. Con- continued luck on the podcast. Um, if you ever need a guest to talk, um, you know, Dallas sports or Tony right. Romo or something, <laughs> I'll be there for you for that niche audience. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. Um, I, now I'm trying to get. Um, Babe Laufenberg on the show. Um, you know, he was a a backup cowboy, backup quarterback, and then he was an NBC. He did a CBS 
uh, local CBS affiliate, uh, Sportcaster Forever, and uh, he, uh, I met him at a brew show. He was oh, wow. buying a beer, and uh, and I, I was like, hey, babe, hi. He's like, hey, how you doing? And um, I said, I, I remember you being on the radio talking about being a, a Bruce show. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He says, let me show you. And he pulled a picture out of his pocket where he is, was at, like in the 80s or 90s. He was at some beach, like Caribbean island, and Bruce was there, and they got a picture taken together. <laughs> and he's like, so he's curious. And, and I get the feeling like it's always in his wallet, not just because he was going to a Bruce show. Um, oh, yeah. I'll, it, next time we chat, I've got a story about a friend of mine who has it, – it's, it's in front of his wallet even before his wife and his kids. So we'll, <laughs> there we we'll go. Save, we'll save that one. All right. All right, so uh, I do want to get back to you mentioned – You've got a couple of stories from the road, so please, Kyle, talk to me a little bit. Share a couple, and if, we, if we're going too long on time, we can always have you back a second time. Sure. So that's actually why I was uh, transitioning back to that, always hoping that, that Bruce is around the corner. So are we talking about you know, meeting Bruce? or what are we... what your Dealer's choice. All right, so I guess I guess that's where we are. So uh, you know, I will I will tell that. St- I'll tell my friend's story. How about that? Okay, okay. He he's got two. I've got mine are quicker, but not as fun. So, <laughs> so my friend Tom, he's the, the he's fifty nine right now. His first show was, believe it or not, the New Year's Eve show at Nassau Coliseum. So talk, could you pick a better first show for anyone than than that? Probably. Yeah. Not. Wow, that's great. <laughs> So now he, he would tell a story back in the 80s. It was in between uh, the Reverend Born in the USA and back when Clarence Clemens had Big Man's West Club in Red Bank, I believe. And it was the same as it can be now, but not to the same ex- – you know, it was much bigger back then. Hey, Bruce is going to be at the Pony tonight. No, 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 no. He's going to be at Big Man's West, whatever. So he had five friends. He said – Tom said, nope, it's going to be at Big Man's West. And the rest of his friends are like, you're crazy. He's going to be with, uh, what, like, Cats on a Hot Tin Roof. He's going to be over there. And uh, that's not the name of that band, is it? I, I'm not sure. It's, no, anyway. Whatever, yeah, whatever the house band at the Pony was at the time. So his friends drop him off in Red Bank. They go to Asbury. So Tom is sitting there at the bar and the opening, you know, whatever band is playing. And he's just kind of having a drink and sitting there. And he turns and he looks and, and there's Max. And he's like, hey, Max, like, you, you guys playing tonight? And he goes, well, you know, we'll see. And he turns around and he sees Gary. He's like, oh, okay, something's going on here. And so he goes, okay, I'll order a, another drink. As the drink comes to him, he turns and Bruce is sitting right next to him. And he's like, Bruce, yeah, yeah, how you doing? And he goes, uh, so you guys play? Like, yeah, you know we'll see, you know, we might, we might go up and play a few. Turns out the entire E Street band jumps on the stage and they play a, a show at Big Man's West. So <laughs> the, story gets, the story gets even better. So he is, now the show's over, he wanders outside and there's, there's nobody in the parking lot. He's waiting for his friends to pick him up. This is before cell phones. This is before any way to get in touch. Uh, and there's a Winnebago parked behind him. And he doesn't really pay it any mind. And Open the door of the Winnebago, out walks Clarence. Hey, man, you need a ride? You lost or something? What's going on? And Tom goes, oh, you know, my buddies went to the Stone Pony tonight, and, you know, I got to wait for him. You know, I got to wait for him to come. And Clarence is like, well, why don't you wait with us while you're waiting for him? He's like, what? So he gets on the Winnebago with the East Street Band. They're talking about the show. They're talking about whatever. After a while, 
the guys go, hey, look, you know, we got to drive up to North Jersey. We're dropping off Max. It was just like a crazy, a cra- this is insane, right? Right, exactly. And he's like, and they go, where do you live? And Tom lived up in North Jersey at the time as well. And they're like, hey, that's literally on the way. We'll drop you off. And, and the story does not end well here because Tom said, no. He said, I have to wait here or else my friends won't, won't know what happened to me. I said, forget your friends. You go. You tell them tomorrow. You write, you write something in the sand or the gravel that says, with Bruce, bye. Like, you go. Yes. You get on that one. Yeah. So he was, faith was rewarded and redeemed. Uh, I guess it was about 14 years later. He, be, he was a high school teacher in Freehold. He was an English teacher at the time in Free, at Freehold High School, Bruce's old high school. And I mentioned Federici's. It actually happened to him. He would go to Federici's, Federici's for pizza on his lunch break sometimes. He's waiting for it. Turns around, sees a little old lady with a motorcycle helmet. And, you know, he knew enough that he was like, pretty sure that's Adele. And soon enough, in walks Bruce, got the motorcycle helmet on. And, and Tom tells him, hey, you know, Bruce, so nice to meet you again, blah, 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 blah. We, and this was right around the time of Ghost of Tom Joad. And he goes, hey, you know, we are just starting our Grapes of Wrath unit. And, oh, my God, it would be unbelievable if you could pop in even for a few minutes and talk to the kids. They would go crazy. Uh, You know, typical Bruce, "Ah, you know, we'll see, we'll see. So a couple weeks go by as he tells the story, and he's teaching this class. And he gets a call on, you know, the the, the all call. You know, Mr. Cantillon, there is uh, Bruce Springsteen here for you. (laughs) <laughs> now he goes, come on, everybody knows he's a big Bruce fan, give me a break, yeah. whatever. And so he pays it no mind, goes back to teaching. Five minutes later, he gets the call again. No, no, he's here. You need to come now. <laughs> so he flies down to the office, and Bruce was like just about to leave. And I said, wait, wait, wait. And Bruce does, the, the way Tom tells it, Bruce goes, you know, I, I parked outside, and, 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 and I, I couldn't, I couldn't come in. I, I just couldn't do it. And then and I got in, and, and, I, and I left. And I, I figured, okay. I, and, he, and he was sitting. He was sitting in the principal's office like a like a kid. Yeah, like this is too many bad memories. <laughs> right. So he comes into the room, and he talks about how the book inspired him to write the songs. And he's talking for a half hour, and he goes, "Hey, you know, if anybody has a guitar, I'll I'll play a few." You know, Ghost of Tom Joad, a great record for high school students in 1996. But yeah, still. Uh, he's, but he's looking for a guitar. And the funny thing about it was there was a kid in the class that always brought a guitar who was sick that day. He later went on to do sound professionally, concerts, tours with Bruce, tours with Josh Groban. So like that oh, story funny. Has, has a happy ending. So anyway, he stayed a little bit longer. And to go back to your picture uh, discussion, so Tom has this picture of him and Bruce arm around each other and there are it's hilarious there are kids peering in through the window behind trying to see and, and get a glimpse and yes that picture is still the first picture in his wallet it's one of those like you they were saying about your friend he just oh i just i just happen to have this picture yes. of, of bruce and yes. uh, you know it's 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 just two two amazing stories in a guy that's you know worships bruce like like we do and has seen him i think i think his number is I'll never catch him. It's like 175 or something like that. Yeah. So. You know, I love that story. And, and um, it reminds me, um, I've told this a couple of times for a while. I didn't tarot it on record. And, um, but 
I had a guy who was on the podcast and we had a great interview. We had a fun discussion. And, you know, after I ended the interview and I always like, Hey, did you have fun everything? And yeah, I had a great time. Great time. He says, next time I'm on, I should tell you when I got drunk with the East street band. <laughs> I'm like, no, that. Wait, a second. Wait, wait a minute. I mean, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> If if I'm at church, someone says, "How are you doing?" Well, I'm good, not as good as when I got drunk with the East Street Band. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, uh, so that's hilarious. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but you have met Bruce a couple of times, right? Yeah, I've been lucky enough. So I met Bruce uh, the first time. It was like 2003 in at the Stone Pony. He jumped on stage with with Joe Gashecki, and uh, I mean, I was closer to Bruce than I am to the computer monitor that I'm that I'm looking mm-hmm. at you on. And uh, at the end of the show, or after the show, I'm walking back to my car, and I see the Range Rover. And, you know, uh-huh. again, we're, we're all insane fans. We know. Sure. We know. That's Bruce's. And I was like, there's no one around. So I ran to my car. I had the box set of tracks. Sprinted to my car. I had a pen. I always kept the pen. I'm running back. Still just me. And my friend Tom was actually there, too. And we're just waiting. And then out that side door of the Stone Pony, out walks Bruce. And there he is. And all of a sudden, you just see like 10 people just pop up out of nowhere. And you're like, where did sure. these people go? And I had this like movie moment of just being like shoved almost right into them. And I'm, you know, I'm 17, 18. I'm terrified and excited beyond belief. And he, yeah, what do you got there? And he, and he signed it. So I, I'm calling my friends at, it was probably 2.30 in the morning. And they're like, I, I don't care. I, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Great, yeah, but, wonderful. Yeah. But the, and I, I met him uh, at a little Steven show uh, when he play, uh, played a couple years ago. But the, the, time, the time that was the, the best and, and where it's even close to a story like my friends, uh, Bob Dylan played uh, Long Branch, um, the college in Long Branch, Monmouth, in like 2011, I want to say. And uh, so it was, for, for Dylan's standards, it was, it was a pretty good show. And uh, I had spotted Bruce as I was walking out. I go, oh, okay, that's cool. And I'd been at another show in Asbury Park where Bruce was there and, and didn't play. And so, okay, hey, that's cool. Bruce is there. You know, you don't think anything of it. So we're in the parking lot, and there's a long line of cars to, to get out, and it's not going anywhere. And, hey, Black Range Rover wants to cut in in front of me and my friend. My friend's driving. So I'm like, we just let Bruce in. So now my friend's like, get out. Get out of the car. Go, go talk to him. And, and I felt weird about it. Um, but I did get out of the car. And, you know, here, here's a guy who almost climbed the, the fence. It did climb the fence yeah. at Graceland. So, he, you know, he gets it. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of walk around and, like, pretend I'm on my phone. I mean, traffic is at a standstill. And I see a guy go up to the car and they, hey, how you doing? He signs something, whatever. And this, the signing stuff is not what's important to me. I, I wish I had a picture with him. I, I don't know why that's important to me. But yeah. it's just the fact that, like, you, know, you meet these people and they live up to the things you've heard and the stories sure. that I've already told from my friend and, and the stories we all know so well, like he is that guy. Yeah. He sees what I'm doing. I've got this phone. I'm talking to nobody. He sees me, goes, come on, come on over. So he like lets me in his car. It's got him and, and uh, I believe it was Evan was uh-huh. in the car. Yeah, that's my son, Evan. And I'm in the like Bruce's. This is in, I'm in Bruce's. Yeah. Car. And I, oh, that's I'm having, awesome. I'm having my Winnebago moment. So you take me anywhere you want to go. Yes. It's go like right a, yeah. Where do you want to go? Let's yeah. let's hang out. So we started talking, and he probably just didn't. Maybe he trusted me, and he didn't want to draw yeah. a crowd. I don't know. But we start talking about you know the show. We start talking about Bob Dylan. Now we're talking about like favorite Dylan songs and albums, and you know we. This was 2011, so this was just 
there were rumors that they were thinking about touring and figuring out uh -huh. how that might work post Clarence. And I, I brought that up and he's like, he did the usual, like, ah, you know, we'll see, we're working on a few things, you know, uh -huh. we might, we got to get out there soon. And, and then traffic started moving. He goes, all right, I gotta, this is your stop. You gotta go. And, uh, I didn't care. You know, that was like you said, at yeah, the end of that awesome. show where it, that was enough. Yeah. I, I walked on clouds for, for weeks after yeah. that. You know, oh, was, I, I can imagine. It was unbelievable. It's, it's, it's just so nice that, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, he, this is a guy you respect. You, 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 you worship him, you, you know, his authenticity and not just, his, not just his music, but as a person. Yeah. And when those people live up to that and they continue to live up to those ideals, you know, it just makes being a fan that much more special and, you know, makes you want to continue to support and, 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 and meet other people that feel the same way. And it's, you know, it's why doing conversations like this are, are so rewarding. Yeah. And it's, it is totally the reason I do the podcast, right. It's just, I, um, you know, my goal is, I, I believe every Springsteen fan has a story and my goal is to get as many of them captured, you know, f forever. I want that. Yeah. Um, that's great. Now, did you, did you not make a book signing? So no, I, I actually didn't make the book signing. Um, I was teaching at the time and I, you know, whenever they went on the one in Freehold yeah. went on, it was kind of like a, a sneak release, if I remember correctly. Like, sure. no one really knew what time. And I – believe me, I was building in my lesson plan, like, you go work for five minutes. And, I, you know, and I, I had just missed it. So, no, I, yeah. I didn't – unfortunately did not get to do the, uh, do the book signing. But I did get to do uh, – he was at Town Hall in New York City. Um, yeah. So I got to go to that, and that, that did come with a signed book. But, yeah, I did not. I saw your picture where you – Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I drove down to Austin. I've told the story many times, so I won't – totally repeated here but um i would start a new job i my my boss was really cool like yeah you got to take the day go go and so i drove down to austin and i i got that and i came back and um uh, i was able to um you know stood in line you know said my um last year i spent um, nine months unemployed and listen to better days and land of hope and dreams every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and thank you for that. And, um, I don't know if he heard it, but, um, it was more important for me to say it for, for yeah. him to hear it. Um, and I got the picture and there's two of them. There's one where I'm facing ahead and then there's another one where I'm looking at him and all my friends say, I look like I'm saying, Bruce, yes, do it to me. Do it to me. <laughs> My friends are horrible with me. Uh, we've all had that moment too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Kyle. Uh, we have had a blast. This is great, but I yeah, can't let you go till the till we ask the Mary question. Oh boy, so, better not better not mess it up. All right, no, no, no. You can't mess it up. So Jay Armstrong, honor a teacher in the Philly area. Mm -hmm. um, he is an honors English teacher. He has his seniors every year. They do spend a couple of days in class discussing Thunder Road. They break it down as a poem. He discusses all the imagery and, and kind of what Bruce, the, what the meanings and the thoughts behind it and the themes, uh, comparing it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. Hmm. And, um, and at the end of the two days, he looks at his class and he says, okay, tell me, does Mary get in the car? So Kyle, that's your question. Does Mary get in the car? So I remember seeing this on Twitter one time. You must have posted it. And I, I actually responded, I, I never – it never even occurred to me the possibility that she didn't get in the car. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I've, got, I've, I've thought about it since I've, I've seen that. I knew the question was coming up. But having listened to it 
again yesterday. I, 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 I personally believe unequivocally she gets in the car because that's still the part of the album that is the unencumbered youth. That is this yes. anything is possible. If we're together, we can make it. We can get out. You know. Then you have the uh, Ken Rosen just wrote about this, and I talked to him a little bit about it on Twitter. Just then you have Tenth Avenue Freeze Out, and it's this yeah. bombastic, e egotistical kind of song that's very rare in, in Bruce's catalog. And then you have Born to Run, where hey, reality is setting in a little in Born to Run. There's a little yeah. bit of darkness creeping in, but they're still together. You know, yes. I know it's not it's Mary and Wendy, but it, it, they're still together. You know, it's, right. it's not really until you know after that that this person is sort of the, the you know the lone wolf or trying to figure it out. I. I, I, I would be stunned if Bruce one day said, hey, I've been listening to the podcast and uh, she didn't get in. I, 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 just, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I just don't, I, I think if that, if that song, you know what, if you asked me, if, if he, if he put on that acoustic version of Thunder Road, that real slow yeah. Angelina, Angelina's dress sways, that version, yeah. and that, and put that at the end of the album, like I, I know was proposed at one point. Maybe I'd have a different story for you. Maybe okay. I'd say, hey, at the beginning, that's the dream. And at the end, that acoustic version is the reality that, that, that maybe it doesn't work out that way. But its placement on the album, the way it's played live, the, the celebration that used to be between him and Clarence at, at, at that coda of the song, I, I think she gets in. I think that's, that's the hopefulness of the album. That's that, like you said, that's the invitation. That's this something auspicious is going to happen moment and you, you couldn't start the album off uh, negatively you know you, you get there meeting meeting in jungle land is where yeah the truth, the truth hits you you know great answer kyle thank you very much if someone wants to reach you give us your twitter handle and for once again tell us your where does it read your blog and uh, listen to your podcast sure so uh if you want to reach me on um i'll just give you the the, the flyover is www.theflyover.site it's official flyover on instagram and twitter um it, it, you, on twitter you might also see kyle in chicago 23 it's sort of a hybrid account at the moment um and if you want to reach me there i'd Oh, always love talking to Bruce fans and having conversations like these. I really appreciate you having me on. Well, Kyle, this has been a blast. I, I had so much fun talking to you. I know we'll do this again. Uh, I'm sure that we'll, we'll find an excuse to visit because Bruce fans always find an excuse. There's always, it's always a good time to talk Springsteen and music. And so uh, good luck on the school year. I, I hope you and your students all stay safe. Uh, congratulations on the wedding. And uh, enjoy your, your, you know, honeymoon year, even though <laughs> it's in very strange circumstances. And uh, let's hope that I make it to Chicago for a Springsteen show and you make it down to Dallas for a Springsteen show and we can break bread together and enjoy some great music. Uh, nothing would be better. All right. Thank you, sir. Listeners, you, thank you for listening. Thank you for all you do to support the podcast. Uh, please be safe. Remember to social distance. Wash your hands. As the man says, wear an effing mask and take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. 
We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.